Luke chapter 11. Let's say a quick prayer. Father, we need you to speak to us, and I pray that you would open the ears of our hearts and the eyes of our hearts, and I pray that we would hear and see what you would say to us. Thank you for being such a good teacher uh, for us because we are really stubborn students. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Okay, so in, in, Mark, in Luke chapter 11 it says, Now it came to pass, as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. So here we see Jesus was just praying, and his disciples are like watching him like, what is going on? There was something about the way that Jesus prayed that was so amazing, so infectious, so incredible, that the disciples said, Lord, you got to teach us what you're doing. You got to teach us what is going on because the way you pray is not the way I pray. The way that you are talking to God is is completely different and foreign to the way that I uh, have been talking to God. And I find that this is a really neat thing. One of his disciples says, hey, Jesus, Lord, would you just teach us to pray? And that's an awesome attitude to have. That's called humility. Acknowledging that we don't know how to do it right, but recognizing that Jesus does know how to do it right. You know, Jesus knows how to do your life better than you. Mm -hmm. Every time we decide we know what to do with our lives, what happens? Hi, Rich. Quick hi. (laughs) We fail. We screw it up. We mess it up. When we decide that we know how to live our lives, it's a problem. Now that flies right in the face of what the world is trying to tell everybody today, which is you should get to decide how you live. You get this freedom. And that's just wrong. God says, I made you and you're supposed to live the, you're supposed to work the way I made you. And if you do that, you will have peace and joy and you will function the way a human being is supposed to function. But if you go your own way, you're going to experience sorrow, depression, rejection, and, and all kinds of consequences just from not working the way that you were supposed to work. So this disciple recognizes, Hey man, Jesus, you have got this figured out. So he goes and says, would you teach me? Would you teach us to do it the way you do it? um, Your job. Do you know Jesus knows how to do your job better than you? Yeah. He knows how to deliver pizzas better than you. How long have you been delivering pizzas? 25 years. And Jesus still knows how to do it better. Isn't that crazy? I mean, we might not think that that's too complicated, but Jesus says, hey, I'm here. You want to learn from the master? Opa, you know. You're doing that? (laughs) Delivering the pizza? I don't know how. There's something about him that he would do it better than you. He would do it better. There would be something in his eyes when he took the tip there would be something, you know, he would multiply, I don't know, <laughs> he would multiply, but 
Usually, Usually they, yeah. So Jesus, he could show you something today. Are you going to deliver pizzas tonight? No. No, okay. Take the day off. It's your Sabbath. All right. Jesus said that. You're already listening to how he says to do things. Okay. So if you, if, no matter what your job is, and even if you're just going to school right now, Jesus knows how to go to school. Jesus knows how to be a homemaker and a wife and a husband. He knows all of it because he invented it all. And he knows God and he knows the, the kind of love and heart. So if you're delivering pizzas and you're just like, Lord, would you teach me to deliver pizzas? He would actually answer that prayer. He would give you something daily that, that you could be a reflection of him, that you could do it his way. And that's how to live by faith, walk by faith, deliver pizza by faith. Amen? All right, so these disciples, they're like, we want to learn how to pray the way that you pray. And so the Lord tells them this. He says, all right, this is easy. Just repeat after me. Do you think that's really what he meant? Repeat after me? Yeah, so I grew up Catholic. Anybody else grow up Catholic? All right, so in the Catholic Church, you sing this song every week. And I don't remember a single sermon. I don't even know if there was sermons. Um, I don't remember anything except going up and getting like a, a drink of wine. And it tasted weird because I was five and serving me wine, which is weird. And I remember uh, that the priest always wore a like, long robe. And I thought it was weird because women wear robes. I, that was just my brain when I was little. And then I remember this song. Do you remember it? It goes... Our Father, who art in heaven. Do you, oh, so those goes the whole song, right? I would do it all right now, but it gets pretty robust at the end. <laughs> Kingdom and the power. And I really liked that song. And it taught me the words to the Lord's Prayer. And it, it really like made an impact. I could still do the whole thing today. Uh, but I thought, as I did it like the hundredth time, I was like, this is boring, and I don't understand what it means. And that's the problem. When we, when we think that Jesus was saying, repeat after me, just do it like this, then it becomes like a formula that we just, okay, I did it the way you said, so now give me the candy. You know, I said, knock, knock, you know, trick or treat. Now you have to give me candy. And that's not the way it works. What this prayer is, this prayer is teaching his disciples how to pray. Not what to pray, how to pray. And that's, that's what we're going to look at today. So he starts out by saying, when you pray, say this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Hallowed is a word we use every day. We love that word, right? No, we don't. Anyone even know what hallowed means? Holy? Holy? Nope. Kind of. Worshipped or... Uh, yeah, it's like, it's like, I think you're awesome. It's like, yay God. When you go to a football game and your team scores a touchdown, what do you say? Touchdown! <laughs> There's a whole bunch of words that we say, Right? We say, ooh, yeah. We say, awesome. We say, high five. 
we say, go Broncos. We say a lot of things. And what we're really saying is, hallowed be this thing. Like, we're just excited about it. We're, we're lifting it up. Yay. And Paul loves that illustration. <laughs> More sports ball. <laughs> All right. So what this means, he, he's, Jesus tells us, say, our Father who's in heaven, hallowed be your name. Okay, three things we see there. Number one, you're supposed to call God your Father. Just call him your Father. Actually, you're supposed to recognize that he is your Father. You're supposed to feel his fatherliness. What does that mean? It means God does not want to be seen as your boss first. He is your boss, but that's not, his, that's not what he wants his relationship with you to be based on. He wants his relationship with you to be based on his fatherliness, that he is your father. Do you remember the story of the prodigal son? Okay, so the, the prodigal son was actually, there was two sons. And the first son was a son who went away, and he came back, and his father received him back and forgave him. And then the second son was the son who stayed the whole time and worked for his dad. And then he got jealous of the son who came back and was forgiven. He got really jealous and he got really angry. And the story ends with the father and this second son having an argument. And the son, second son saying, I wish you would throw me a party and I wish you, you loved me. And the father saying, I've always loved you. You've always had everything, but you are just working for me. You don't celebrate with me. You don't understand that I'm your father, not your boss. Primarily, I want to be your father. That's the first thing Jesus says you and I need to understand when we pray. When you pray, do you feel that it's your father that you're coming to? Do you feel that, you know, um, when we have all these little kids in here, and if one of them were mine, my kids are big, so they wouldn't do this, but if, if one of the little kids were mine and they ran up here, even the middle of a sermon and uh, how important our sermons are, you know, and one of these little kids came running up here, I would stop preaching and bend down and find out what they needed and take care of them because it's the father thing to do. Being a father is more important than being a pastor. And so I would come and I would take care of them. Hey, you need a glass of water? Okay, let's get you taken care of. We would, we would do that, okay? So that's just how fathers work. Being a father is more important than anything else to a father. So Jesus says, recognize that God is your loving father. And then adore him with your words. When the Broncos score, I lift my hands, I dance around, and I do all kinds of other fun stuff. Usually, if it's at the end of the game, I roll around on the floor screaming for joy. When was the last time I did that in worship or in prayer? Huh? That wouldn't be orderly. But in my closet, I could do it. I could, I, we, he's saying, show God your affection. Recognize that he loves you and then lift him up and tell him that, you're awesome, that he's awesome. Okay? So we're going to stop right now and we're going to do this part of this prayer.
So who would like to pray? Who wants to pray? Stand up real loud and pray. Volunteers. Come on, family. Someone volunteer. Bueller. Bueller. Okay. Thank you. Okay, so Jesus says, recognize God as your loving father and adore him with your words. Can you do that? <laughs> no pressure. Amen. Amen. Awesome. So I'm going to critique you because you're an elder and you can deserve it. You, you, repre- you are uh, an example for everybody in faith. So great job. Good job. You, uh, you recognized God as your loving father. You know, you, you called him father. You adored him. And then you said words of praise. He said, you're awesome. We, we thank you. So great job. See, was that hard, guys? Was that difficult? Okay, well, now you know the first part, what Jesus was, was asking you. So the next thing, the next part, he says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So this one's really simple. Jesus says, in prayer, invite God to come and influence yourself, your family, your workplace, and all the events of the world. Invite God to come take control of these things. Give up the control of your life and surrender it to him. God, I want to be awesome, but I would rather you have your will be done. I want to succeed. I want to be safe and healthy, but God, I want your will to be done first. All right, so who's brave enough to pray this prayer for us. Come on. This is an interactive church. All right. Good. I was about to call on you anyway. <laughs> All right. So you're going to invite God to come influence yourself, your, work, your family, your workplace, and, and all the events of the world even. Your will be done. Amen. Awesome. 
brought God's will, it was lifted high. Our will was brought down low, and, and that was amazing. So great job. All right, the next part, he says, give us this uh, day by day our daily bread. This is very simple. He says, after you have come and recognized that God loves you and lifted him high, after you have brought all things under submission to his will, he says, ask for what you need. Does he say, worry about the future? Mm, Actually, Jesus says, specifically, don't worry about the future, right? So with things like coronavirus and stuff like that, we are forbidden from worry. Don't worry. But he says, ask God for what you need for this day. You don't have to freak out about tomorrow. You don't have to worry about the past and regret. You just, for this day, lift up the needs of this day. All right, so I'm going to have to just call on someone. Jared. (laughs) Of course you would have. Of course, I knew you would. Amen. Amen. I like that. We, we look to you for everything. You know, that's great. That's great. All right, our next part here. And forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. So this part is the fun part where we confess our sins and ask for forgiveness. And we take time to forgive those who have wronged us. All right. Who wants to take this awesome one? Awesome. Thank you. Okay. great, man. That's great. Amen. See, God, he's not like, let's see how you pray. No, I'm going to judge how you pray. No, he just flippin' loves you, and you're his child, and he's done everything for us to be forgiven, and he asks us simply to forgive everybody else just like he forgives us. So thank you so much for the boldness, the faith, to step out and pray, that is awesome. So, thank you, Cynthia. Appreciate that. All right. Wow, God is doing a lot today. Um, our, our last part here says, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. 
And this means that we're to ask God for protection and uh, from temptation and from the enemy because the real um, the difficult thing about being a Christian is spiritual warfare. Um, Satan, uh, he, when you decide I'm going to follow Christ and I'm going to believe, Satan says, all right, I'm going to hate you. I'm going to do everything I can to trip you and to tempt you and to destroy you because I hate Jesus. And so you've teamed up with him. So now you are my enemy and I hate you. So he's going to extra try to make your life miserable. And he's going to try super hard to, uh, to, to get you sick and to do all these things that, that are awful. And the Bible says oh, you should bring all those things to God. Do you need to yell at the devil? And say, I bind you, Satan. No, that's ridiculous. It's not biblical. What's biblical is you take it to God, like Jesus said, and you say, God, keep me focused on you. Help me to remember your promises, your strength, your, your, your spirit that you've given me. Help those things to be in my mind, not the enemy. I want to I wanna have tunnel vision on you. And that's what's problem, the problem theologically with people who are always worried about the devil and what the devil is doing is that their eyes are on who? The devil. Jesus says, Get, stop. Get your eyes on me. Fix your eyes on heavenly things and he will take care of uh, all the earthly things. There's some people, there's, there's a saying that you're, of so, you're so heavenly minded, you're of no earthly good. And that's just uh, stupid. Because the Bible says you're no earthly good until you are heavenly minded. Until you set your mind on the things above, until you, your mind is focused on Christ and he is your life, then you, you can be a light to this world. His life will be lived through you. So who would be willing to pray for our protection and that we would uh, not be, um, be falling for the tricks of the devil? Ah! You have stood up. I was going to call on you anyway. <laughs> Lord God, we just we come before you, Lord. We thank you for just your protection from the, the fear and, and, and the enemy, Lord. And, you know, we know that we can just come before you and, and lay at your feet. And you've just got that protection around us. You've got us, you've got us taken care of. It's not, it's not our issues. It's not our battles. We just need to rest in you. Amen. All right, so that is the Lord's Prayer. I think it's really um, healthy for us to just read, read, read through it one last time, uh, to say it all together. So would you guys all stand and give reverence to the Word of God as we, as we stand up and we say the Lord's Prayer all together, and then we will sing. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day by day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. 
Father, I, I thank you that you hear our prayers, that you accept us as your beloved children, not because we're worth it, not because we're awesome, but because simply we put our hope and faith in what Jesus Christ did on the cross 2,000 years ago, that he paid the price for our sins, that he has given his life uh, in exchange for ours, and that uh, by faith we enter into a new covenant, a new relationship with you, where now we are your children um, born again by your Holy Spirit. Uh, we believe these things and we know them to be true because you give us gifts of peace and joy. You teach us that you're, you're our Father. And we thank you for all these things. We, we uh, fix our eyes on Jesus now. We worship you. We celebrate you. We hallow your name in our, in our minds. We, we, we're going to we're going to fight against the distraction, uh, the temptation to be distracted during the next few minutes of worship. We're going to give all this time to you. We're going to focus 100% on you. And Lord, we, we lay all our needs out before you. We ask you would meet them. You know what we need even before we do. And thank you for all the trials in our life. Thank you for the pain. Thank you for the struggles. And we pray that we would learn that you are always faithful even when we feel like our life is over, when there's no hope, God, you are there and you, you care about us and you love us and you will run to us when we don't have the strength to even run to you. But we call upon you, uh, teach us, Lord, and guide us. I thank you for every single person uh, who is here and who's watching online and who is part of our family. And we pray, God, that you give us boldness to share your love with those around us. In your name we pray. Amen.